Hey, the mic is good. <laughs> Hi, Tameka. I'm glad you could join today. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to study your word. We give you praise because every time we make time to be here, you are always here. You make time for us. We invite your presence this evening. We ask that we, we would hear you speak to us the truth that concerns our life, oh God. You will shine your light to change our lives and help us to be more like Jesus. We thank you because at the end of this Bible study, we will see this as a useful time spent in your presence. We will not see it as a waste of time, but we will learn a lot from you and we will change our lives, oh God, until we become the express image of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So I'm going to, we're going to sing our hymn now. Let me share my screen. <clears throat> the hymn is nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hi, Tanaka. You're welcome. God is your strength, guys. Hello. I see nothing. 
Jesus is the fountain that washes us clean. The Bible says that we are made clean by the blood of the Lamb. That's the blood of Jesus. Jesus shed his blood on the cross to save us from sin. He shed his blood on the cross so that we can be clean and made whole. And when we come to him and ask, ask, ask him for mercy, ask him for forgiveness, he uses his blood and washes clean. And when he does, we are white as snow. And in Isaiah, it says that even though our sins are like crimson or as, uh, as disgusting as anything, you can compare it with, the blood of Jesus can make us white as snow. And that's a promise we have in Jesus. And he says, come as you are, and I will make you white as snow. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So I want to welcome our new um Member Victoria, um, meet Tameka and Tanaka. And I'm sure that you guys will get acquainted as we as the Bible study goes um goes on. And I pray that God will strengthen you to continue attending. So feel free to um go off mute and just contribute and ask questions and say what so whatever comes to your mind. This week we'll be studying John the Baptist, which we started last week. And it was very interesting. We read Luke chapter 1, verse 1 to 80. That's 80 verses of the Bible. And if I should give a brief summary, I would say that John the Baptist was born to prepare the way for the Messiah. So I don't know if anybody has read the book of Luke chapter 1, verse 1 to 18, before, where it talks about um, um, the birth of the promise of the birth of John the Baptist is Father Zacharias was promised a child in his old age and he doubted. And when he doubted, the angel was like, I am Gabriel. I sit in the presence of God. I, I stand in the presence of God. Why will you doubt what I say? Because you doubted what I say. Um, you will be mute. And so Zacharias could not speak. 
And when he left the presence of God, when he left the temple, he went home. And people were asking him what's wrong, and he could not speak. Then later, his wife found out that she was pregnant. So the word of God came to pass in his life. And at their old age, they were pregnant with John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was foretold by many people and many prophets in the Old Testament that he would prepare the way for the Messiah. He would have the similar spirit as Elijah. And we studied Elijah previously, how Elijah did a lot of work of miracles. Um, he said there would be no rain for three years and there was no rain. And then God gave him power to undo the situation and there was heavy rain and people now stop worshiping. The children of Israel stopped worshiping Baal and started worshiping Jehovah, the true God. So um, John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah and he was baptizing people and calling people to repent from their sins. And he was, his, his life, so the main topic is knowing God and want to see the lives of people that have known God and how they knew God, how they knew God in their generation and how we too can know God and what God, what and how we can know what God wants us to do in this generation. How can we prepare ourselves for what God wants us to do? The position God wants us to take. The, the devil is preparing the children of darkness for what he wants them to do. You see a lot of atrocities, a lot of disgusting stuff that you'd be like, oh my God, if God, if God, like, I don't know how God feels right now seeing all this bad stuff on the internet. The devil is preparing his children to release bad stuff, to release things that will make people sin and invent more sin. But how does God want to prepare us? The devil is using technology. He's using all the wisdom that God gave man, you know, all the glory of man, the beauty of man to show forth evil. How can we release ourselves to show God's goodness through our beauty, through our technology, through the, our wisdom, what we know, what God has given us? How can we use this to show God's great greatness, to show God's presence, to show good? How can we do this? We cannot do it by our own self. We cannot do it by the method of the devil because we will fail at that game. The devil knows the game. He knows how to use all those things. So we need to be very close to God so that he will teach us how to win people into the kingdom for him. So that he will teach us how to ourselves stand firm and strong in him so that we will not be pulled down by the wiles of the devil. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. So we will just read the commentary on John the Baptist and we'll also read Luke chapter three. So let me just read it. I hope we can see my screen. You can just give a thumbs up if you can. Okay. I believe you can see my screen. So John lived 30 years and six months altogether on earth. And he spent the first 30 out of those years seeking the Lord and waiting on him, on him. So that is like very interesting. And if you want to say anything, you can come off mute and talk and you can contribute. John the Baptist lived for just 30 years. I want, to, I want you to ask yourself, how old are you? And, how, and I'll ask myself, how old am I? For 30 years, he was filled with the Holy Spirit 
since when he was in his mother's womb, as we read last meeting, and he was preparing himself for 30 years to, for a ministry that lasts for just six months. His ministry of preparing the way for the Messiah, introducing Jesus to people. You know, when, when, when people want to preach in church, they say, they take the microphone and they say, praise the Lord. We want to welcome the pastor. Now the pastor, um, he's, uh, God has been using him mightily. He's in the person of pastor, reverend, this, this, X, Y, Z. So John was the way to prepare, was the person to prepare the way for Jesus and introduce Jesus to the people and say, this behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. I am not worthy to even untie his shoelaces. This is the savior of the world. And that was just his mission on earth. And he did that for six months and he was killed for, for Jesus' sake. So this makes me just ask myself, like, why was I created? And you can ask yourself too. God has to help us to fulfill the purpose of our creation. Why did God create me? Am I fulfilling that purpose? The earlier we understand why God, why God created us, the faster we begin to fulfill it. We don't know how long we have to live on earth. I pray we have long life and we enjoy the life that God has given us. But the most important thing is to fulfill your God-given purpose on earth. And the one million dollar question is, how do I find out my, my purpose on earth? From the word of God, that's the answer. So John found his purpose on earth from the word of God. The Old Testament was in existence during John's time and it was written that there is a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And John recognized that he is that voice. Jesus also saw himself in the Old Testament. In Isaiah 61, it says that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the, to the suffering and afflicted. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to announce liberty to captives and to open the eyes of the blind. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of God's favor to them has come and the day of his wrath to their enemies. To all those who mourn in Israel, he will give beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of heaviness. For God has planted them like strong and graceful ox for his own glory. And Jesus himself said it that this Isaiah in this verse was talking about me. So is there, do you have a verse of the Bible that you can say because of how God has been dealing with me, this is talking about me and this is my purpose on earth. We will have to get our purpose on earth from the scripture. Who are you in the Bible? Are you Deborah that God has sent to deliver the people of Israel? Or are you Hannah that God, are you Hannah who, whose prayer point was God's own will, right? Hannah, I used to say that Hannah's needs met God's needs. So Hannah wanted a son and God wanted the next prophet 
that he would use. And instead of Hannah to just say, God, I want a son. Um, Hannah said, God, I need a son and I know you need a prophet. So I, I need a son and that son will be a prophet from the day he stops um, breastfeeding. And God was like, I really need that, right? <laughs> and so God said, okay. God agreed to give her a prayer request because her needs met God's needs. Amen. So I know God doesn't have a need, but it's just a phrase that what she wanted would also um, fulfill God's purpose and desire for Israel at that time. Because Eli, the priest at that time, and his sons were not doing the will of God. And so Samuel, who God gave to Hannah, was a new young priest that was now doing the will of God. So who are you in the, in the word of God? Who are you in the Bible? You need to know your God-given purpose from the word of God. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. Does anybody have any question at this point? No questions. Okay. So let's keep reading. John lived 30, and six, 30 years and six months altogether on earth. And he spent the first 30 out of those years seeking the Lord and waiting on him. I don't think I can move forward from this sentence because people think that, oh, I need to, I need to be this, especially people that would like to be preached to people and be a pastor. They'll be like, I need to have this big church and I need to start preaching now. And I need to do, um, I, I need to, I need a big, very big microphone and I need a big audience and I need to shout and scream. I need people to know what God is using me for. But people don't want to be prepared for that. And so this place is very interesting because the first 30 years of John the Baptist's life, he was seeking God's face and waiting on God and praying and fasting in the wilderness. He was weird in his time. He lived in the wilderness. He didn't live in a house. He lived in the, in the wilderness. He ate locusts, that insect, and um, wild honey. That was his food. And that is, I find that very... Uh, so he ate locusts and wild honey. That was his food. He didn't drink any wine or strong drink. That's what we read last week. And he was seeking God, fasting every time. You know, he really ate. That was what Jesus said. Jesus said that John the Baptist came and was preaching the word of God and was asking you to repent. And he really ate. He was just eating locusts and wild honey. He was in the wilderness. And you say that, you, you said that he was crazy, right? And I, that was Jesus, Jesus said, I, the son of God, came to you and I was eating so much. <laughs> I was even eating with sinners and I was not, I was living in houses and everything. And you say, I, um, I, I, and I have a devil, right? So Jesus told us how John the Baptist lived and how he lived. He lived differently from John the Baptist. Yes, Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, but he, he lived a different life from John the Baptist um, in that. And that makes me 
want to say something that I would like you to write down if you have your pen and paper. Whenever you see people preaching the word of God in a different style than you understand, be sure not to condemn the style. Just take the message of the word of God, if it makes sense, and be blessed by it. Free the style, free the messenger. Because John came without eating and drinking. John was weird, right? Living in the wilderness saying, repent from your sins, repent. You brood of vipers, repent. Or else you will be destroyed by God. You sinners, you fornicators, you adulterers. Repent from your sins. And he was just in the wilderness and people, a crowd gathered to see him. However, Jesus was always eating. He didn't, he was not, he didn't eat locusts and wild honey. He had a different style than John the Baptist. So that makes me understand that let's not judge pastors or people that have a different style of bringing forth the word of God because um, they are preaching to a certain group of people that would relate with that style right but just pick out the word of god if the word of god matches what's in the bible then follow them regardless of their style but if the word of god doesn't match what's in the bible run away from them amen i pray god will help us in jesus name so um for the first 30 years the time of preparation of john the baptist was more than his ministry just for six months people don't that was not long at all. His ministry lasted for six months and he was preparing himself, fasting and praying for 30 years. And we see how powerful that ministry was because when, from the time he, he started shouting in the wilderness, repent, people started coming because he had already gathered everything he needed for a successful ministry. And so if God is, laying something in your heart maybe you have a sorry excuse me a ministry to the young kids or a ministry to the sick to pray for the sick or to set free the molested or you want to contribute to charity whatever ministry that god has put in your heart you need to prepare for it by seeking the face of god by waiting on god by praying and fasting even before you begin that ministry Especially if God has told you, my daughter, I want you to do this for me. Before you start actualizing it, pray and see God's face. Wait on God. Ask God, is it time to start? Is it time to start? Keep asking him until the answer is yes. And while you are waiting for him to confirm it, seek his face, read his word, fast and pray. And I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. So let's keep reading. It says that um, the... The only six months, the only six months is spent in public ministry turned his own generation upside right. Upside right for the Lord. What a thing to consider as servants of God in these days. In these days of hustling and bustling with activities. <clears throat> So it's a man who knows God that God will use. Living a desert life as Moses and John the Baptist did in pursuit of God, we will enhance our knowledge of God. The knowledge of God in turn brings revival in a short time. 
the need for revival in our lives and communities should compel us to seek to know him. This place is telling us that if we want a change in our community, even before going physically to make that change, we need to go on our knees and seek God and pray about it and know God. If we want to do anything to impact our, our communities or we have a body in our hearts, we need to know God first. If you, you, if you have a ministry to go to Asia or go to Africa to preach to the poor people there, you cannot go without knowing God by yourself. You need to know God. You need to have a relationship with God. You need to hear God speak to you in order to be successful in that ministry. A lot of pastors today are disgraced because they did not really know God before they started their public ministry, before they started shouting, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and come to God. Before they started their church, before they started, they did not sit down to know God. And so when, when they did not know God <clears throat> and the word of God did not shine upon their hearts, the word of God, when it shines upon the heart of somebody, it removes all the things of the old man, all the properties of the old man from that person. So as many of you already know how it is, how Christianity is, when you hear the word of God as a sinner, the first thing that happens to you is that it's either you are sorry for your sins. If you're sorry for your sins, that's the first step to becoming God's child. If you're not sorry for your sins, till, till the word of God meets you again. And so I don't mind to be the 10th person to actually preach to someone or the first person, right? For example, like if I preach to you the first time and you say you're not interested, that's good because that's the first encounter. So you're not sorry for your sins and you're like, I, I'm not interested. Another person will preach to you, that's the second encounter. If you're sorry for your sins, if you are broken at and convicted of your sins at that time, salvation begins. So you keep hearing the word of God and that's why, why preachers should not be discouraged when they keep preaching and people don't repent because that's the first encounter. Maybe it takes the 10th time that the person hears the word of God for him to be, to be convinced and repent. So just keep telling people about the word of God. So this is how it is in salvation. You are a sinner. You hear the word of God from somebody preaching, maybe from the radio or the TV or internet. And you'll be like, oh my God, I've sinned against God. I don't like my life. I, I'm a sinner. And when you do that, you come to God and you confess your sins and you say, God, I'm sorry for, for all the things that I've done that are wrong. I'm so sorry about that. And God looks at your life and says, are you really sorry? You say, oh, okay. I think he's really sorry. And then I think, oh, I think she's really sorry. And God brings out the old man that makes you love sin and nails it to the cross. And that's what he says in Colossians. So um, I think if we still have some time, let us try to read it. So, 
So in Colossians chapter two, verse four, Okay, yeah. So in Colossians 2 verse 14, it says that God, that's God, has blotted out uh, the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. So if you have a notebook on a paper, you can write Colossians 2 14. And that's what happens when a person becomes a child of God and repents from their sins. This is what God does. Okay, let's keep going. So God has blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. He took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. So God will wash us clean with his, with his blood and take the all the handwriting of ordinances all the legal demands of sin. If I read another version, it says that Colossians 2.14 says in Amplified Version, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of legal demands, which were enforced against us and which were hostile to us. And this certificate he has set aside and completely removed by nailing it to the cross. I know that we are not in a place to read. I will have asked one of us to read um, a version that they have. Um, but if you if you have a new version, um, you could read, you could come off mute and read. But let me read one more version. So another version says that he destroyed the record of debts that we owed and its requirements that worked against us. He canceled it by nailing it to the cross. So sinners, as you see, no matter how beautiful they are or rich or wealthy, or have blings all over their bodies. How beautiful sinners are or rich, they have this record of debt, of sin on their necks. And Jesus, when they give their life to Christ, he cancels that debt. So sin is a debt and the wages is death. And Jesus canceled the debt and then nails it to the cross. That's what happens when someone says they're sorry and they come to God for forgiveness. And Romans 6 verse 6 says that, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. So if you open your Bibles to Romans 6 verse 6, it says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with and that we should no longer be slaves to sin. So whenever someone comes and says, God, I'm sorry for all the things I've done and I'm really sorry and I want you to forgive me and be my Lord and Savior, what happens is that God takes that old man when he sees the sincerity in their heart, he takes the old man and nails the old man to the cross and also takes the debts that they owe, all the sins they've committed and nails it to the cross, wash them with the blood of Jesus and make them white as snow. <clears throat> and then puts a new man in there who is Jesus. And when God puts that new man in them, it's only God that can do this. No pastor can do this. You cannot do it by yourself. 
Only Jesus, only God determines that, oh, you're really sorry for your sins and he does this transformation in you and I, and then you become born again. So when we were born, we got the old man from our dads and our moms. And now we, now that God will remove that old man and then put a new man, we are now born again. And so that's just what it means to be born again. And, and so when we are born again, although maybe we got born again by the age of 15 or 20 or 30, we've learned a lot of things from the old man. And the old man has taught us how to lie, how to cheat, how to commit fornication and do all the things that God hates. And we have how to get angry. That's like the thing, the easiest part, to just get angry easily without even knowing it. And that is what um, the old man has left us with. That's the habit he has taught us, all the deeds of the flesh. And so what is the, the next thing to do in Christian growth is now that we mortify those deeds of the flesh, kill, kill those deeds of the flesh. And if you can write down this verse, Colossians chapter um, 3, verse 1 to 5, the Bible says, now that you have been crucified with Christ and you're risen up with him, so you have you, your old man has been crucified and then you have a new man, now start to kill all those deeds of the flesh that all those deeds of the flesh that you still find yourself doing, you have to kill them. They are habits that you learned from the old man. Now you will not, when you are tempted, you will not easily say yes to sin. You will, the Holy Spirit in you, the new man will tell you that you should be careful and you're about to fall into sin. And then you would, by the word of God in you that you've read and, the, and prayed, you will have the grace to say no to sin. So now that you're a Christian, you have the grace to say no to sin. And the next step is knowing God more. And that's what we are doing now. As Christians, how do we know God more? Even before public ministry, even before we start preaching or we start evangelizing, knowing God more is where we are going to. And that is that's what we have been studying for the past months right now. So we are done with this chapter. And I will. we've seen how all these men of God got to know God more. And this is the conclusion. Uh, I don't think we'll be able to read it. Maybe we can read the first paragraph and then we will pray. So it says, we must seek the Lord first for our own lives. Knowing him and becoming intimate with him will give to us all we need to prosper in life and in the work of the ministry. The knowledge of God is the channel through which we receive all things that pertain to life and godliness. I'd like us to bow down our heads right now and just pray. I don't know what stage you are in the whole um, walk with God. I don't know if you're in the stage before you say, oh God, I'm a sinner. I come to you as you forgive me. Or you are in the stage where God has already removed the old man and nailed him to the cross. Or maybe you are in the stage where God has already given you the new man, but you need to, you need to kill all the deeds of the flesh, all the things you've learned from the old man, all the sin you're still struggling with. You need to kill them by reading the word of God, by praying. I just want you to ask that God will help you. Just say, God, help me. Help me this evening. Help me this day. Help me this morning, this afternoon to kill the deeds of the flesh. Help me to move forward in my Christian ways. Help me to know you more, God. Help me to spend time with you, preparing myself for my purpose in life. Help me in the name of Jesus to spend time with you, God. Sit at your feet, read your word, fast and pray, oh God. Set time for you, oh God. 
to know you more, to know who you are, how you behave, your work, how you, how you act, Lord. Help me to know your ways. Help me to know you more. Let's pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to know you more. And help us to do your will. Amen. Secondly, I would like us to pray that God help me to find myself in the word of God. John the Baptist found himself as the voice crying in the wilderness. Jesus found himself as the one filled with the spirit of God that came to set the captives free. Lord, help me to find myself in the word of God. Who am I? Am I Deborah? Am I Hannah? Who am I in the word of God? Am I Sarah? Who am I in the word of God, oh God? Help me to find myself in the word of God and help me fulfill my purpose in life. I ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Help me find myself in the word of God and fulfill my purpose in life. My God gave me purpose in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Um, let us continue praying this prayer and even in our homes, I pray that God will bless us. And I know you don't have time to ask questions, but you can just personally send me a, a text about your questions. And I will try to fix this Zoom thing by God's grace before the next meeting. Let me just pray for us. But I thank you for the opportunity for these ladies to join this meeting today. Thank you, God, for giving them the strength, oh God, to log on, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for giving us, giving me the utterance, oh God, to speak your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to us the word that will change our lives, oh God. Even as we go in our Christian journey, we ask that you please, oh God, help us to be like you, oh God. Teach us everything we need to know. Build us, oh God, until we become the express image of Jesus, Lord. Live in us, oh God. Change our lives, oh God. As we read your word, oh God, help us to grow in you and mortify the deeds of the flesh. Kill all the sinful habits, oh God. Help us to sit down at your feet until, oh God, you release us to preach. You release us to ministry, oh God. Help us to sit at your feet and know you more like John the Baptist. We thank you because you have done it. Bless our week, oh, bless us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we have less than a minute and... I wish you a blessed week ahead. Bye, guys. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Victoria. Bye. Thank you very much. That was a wonderful service. Awesome. Awesome. Take care. Have you ever listened to a podcast and thought about what other listeners are saying about that episode? Have you ever thought about giving feedback and interacting with the host of a favorite podcast? Podroom is a podcast player and chatroom platform for the podcast communities. Join millions of similar podcast listeners and interact with like minds on the Podroom app. It's a social networking platform with over 750,000 audio and video podcast content. It's available on the Play Store and App Store. Download Podroom now to enjoy this episode.